Hello, and welcome back to the Heme Sapiens podcast, where diverse perspectives in healthcare converge. My name is Ingrid, and today I'm here with Dr. Sophie X. Stang, MD, PhD, to talk about her research in ophthalmology, as well as eye care inequities. Dr. Dang is a professor in the cornea division at the UCLA Stein Eye Institute. She is also the director of the Cornea Biology Laboratory at the UCLA Stein Eye Institute. Her research focuses on corneal epithelial stem cells regulation, deficiency, and regeneration. Dr. Dang's research aims to improve the current treatment for patients with limbal stem cell deficiency by using stem cell therapy to restore vision. In addition, she conducts clinical studies to develop new imaging and molecular tests to accurately diagnose and stage limbal stem cell deficiency. So Dr. Ding, you have a very impressive list of of achievements and accomplishments, both in your research and otherwise. Can you give us a general overview of what you do and the process and the different objectives of your work? Thank you so much, Ingrid, for the invitation and really mm-hmm. glad to be here. And thanks for of the course. very uh, flattering introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, yeah, so uh, this is a great question. So um, I'm a clinician scientist. Um, I devote almost half my effort in clinical um, service, uh, patient care, the other half um, in research. Because I think that at the end of the day is what we can do better for the patients and um, Mm -hmm. we do have a lot of tools to help patients to regain their vision but still in many areas um, there are a lot more uh, a lot lot of room to improve the current uh, treatment options so limbo stem cell deficiency is one of those very challenging disease uh, that um, we have very little tool to to um, to treat in the u.s and um, one challenge is that how do we um, evaluate and stage the limbo stem cell deficiency, right? So that's mm-hmm. one of the main uh, push for myself and my lab uh, mm-hmm. to develop a better um, in vivo imaging system to uh, gauge the severity of the disease and also um, confirm the diagnosis of clinical suspicion of the disease. So this is one of the main um, focus uh, of our laboratory. The other one, of course, to um, develop a better, uh, safer treatment for patients uh, with stem cell deficiency. So our laboratory um, developed uh, a method to grow the stem cells in culture without animal product, like xenobiopy uh, free, and also without a feeder layer. Um, traditionally, uh, these cells, uh, these stem cells are a little bit um, needy in a way that they mm-hmm. um, a niche and not a nutrients in the um, environment so that they can grow. Um, so we develop this method that we don't uh, need uh, to depend uh, then on the animal product. Uh, so that it is safer because we don't want any um, cross contaminations from um, mm-hmm. any cow product or cow serum uh, in the process. So make the product 
uh, a little bit uh, safer in the sense. So we are uh, able to go these cells and um, my lab members, of course, I rely on them. Uh, they mm -hmm. are the team member to uh, work together uh, to develop the uh, method. And Sheila Gonzalez, Danish Gonzalez, um, has been the main uh, driving force of this method. Um, so now we are doing, um, we mm -hmm. are conducting a phase one clinical trial to evaluate the feasibility and the safety and, and hopefully we get some of the efficacy data uh, of uh, the method that we developed to grow these stem cells and how uh, this process, this product can restore um, the healthy ocular surface for patients who suffer from this blinding disease, uh, limbo stem cell deficiency. So this has been my um, main research um, arena and in terms of my clinical uh, work I'm also equally passionate about uh, I'm a surgeon and cornea mm -hmm. uh, transplant surgeon so uh, mm -hmm. we do uh, a good number of cornea transplantations um, and um, there are several types of uh, cornea transplant that we do um, and many of them are selective or lamella keratoplasty, meaning that we selectively uh, replace uh, the layer of the cornea that doesn't work and then preserve those uh, layer of the tissue that's still uh, healthy um, of the patient. So this will reduce um, the risk of rejection and achieve a better long-term outcome. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, and been exciting uh, uh, mm -hmm. for the last several years. Uh, there have been many um, revolutions of uh, corner transplant, so we are very excited uh, to be part of it and we achieve pretty good outcome in mm -hmm. those patients. Well, that sounds like incredibly interesting and innovative work that you and your team are doing. Um, how did you figure out that ophthalmology was what you specifically wanted to work in? And how did that journey play out in relation to your educational experiences, um, such as what inspired you to pursue an MD-PhD? Yes, it's a great question. Um, I always wanted to do research. Let's go back to the last question first. And um, mm -hmm. I, when I was an undergrad, uh, I got an inference um, about uh, research. So I started to look into the opportunities to research, like you, like you sort out our lab and, and spend a good a number of uh, quarters already. And you did a, a, you have done a fantastic job. Same, I was similar like you. That's why I really want to open my door, like lab to welcome the undergrad. They, they really mm -hmm. opened my, my vision mm -hmm. and um, so much that can be done. Uh, with that experience in the laboratory, um, I started to think about um, what can be done. Um, and I also did a summer um, fellowship. Um, and so that, that even uh, further my, my understanding of um, how fun research is about. Um, so I, I initially just thought about uh, going to graduate school. And I didn't think mm -hmm. about um, medical school because my impression of medical school was that you just need to memorize the body <laughs> parts and memorize the drugs. Yeah. And that's what you do. I, I thought I'm not a good, um, I mean, I'm not really good at memorizing things. Um, I like to think, not, not mm -hmm. try to memorize. So that didn't yes, seem yes. to yeah, fit my um, inches. So I said, forget about 
um anyone in in the uh undergrad they asked me specifically are you interested in medical school I said no um so not until i graduated Mm -hmm. And then I worked uh, for a couple of years. Um, and then my supervisor and my mentor, I should say, um, mm -hmm. is an MD PhD. And he showed me um, how much fun that you can have when you have oh, the oh. degree. Yes, because you, you can do clinical work that you like and uh -huh. also that um, do the research that relates to the medical um, Yeah. Feel, right you get the and best I of both worlds right exactly so mm -hmm. that opened my eyes again say oh there's a other possibility uh that i can do with my degree right the md degree mm -hmm. so that's how i got on to applying for the md phd program and um and study um research in a more mm -hmm. depth um so uh the, but why do I pick ophthalmology, right? It's such a small mm -hmm. eye and it's part of an organ. No, I, I, some people get picked out by uh, uh, the, the eye, but some people <laughs> the eye. Um, I didn't think about ophthalmology at the beginning mm -hmm. um, because in the medical school, um, yes. ophthalmology education only accounts for a very small portion of the entire curriculum. So, but then we were required to take one week, one week, of the mm -hmm. uh, rotation and i didn't think that i would like it because oh. eyeball how much fun about eyeball you know eyeball is eyeball. <laughs> yeah but i i fell in love with that because mm -hmm. i think the surgical part of it is amazing i mean this oh. is my surgery um i was able to um scrub it into a um, retina surgery retinal surgery and also mm -hmm. a couple of cataract surgery and it's just amazing like they use the fine instrument under the microscope and they you know they, they do the cataract surgery within like five ten minutes and then the cataract out put the lens implant the patient can see the next day and mm -hmm. it's how it cannot be better than that right and i think it's yeah amazing. yeah it's fun <laughs> yeah so i think wow this is a cool um subspecialty and i love to do i mean i'm I was a graduate student before then, and I used my hands a lot in the laboratory, which you know. You oh, so that came in handy. Yeah, you, you get hands-on, right? You, yeah. You and, and ophthalmology is such a close specialty, and, um, and um, very fine, uh, you use very fine instruments and very delicate surgery. It's like, this mm -hmm. is I want to do. So that is an accidental, you know, um, oh. finding again, uh, because I didn't think that I would like, um, I would like ophthalmology, but they did eventually love it so i decided to go on ophthalmology so one thing another the fellowship uh, the residency and then the fellowship mm -hmm. and so this uh, get to where i am now so my my experience tells me that um we should keep our mind open because i didn't know yes, about for sure school. i should it all i, I should mm -hmm. it out for my my career like at the beginning Mm -hmm. um, but then later on, I learned that, yeah, actually, there are other things you can do. Yeah, there are different avenues. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think that there's um, something I learned for myself is that um, mm -hmm. be open-minded. Um, yes, yes. That's right? definitely a really good piece of advice. And um, it's definitely quite a journey that you had to get to where you are today. Um, so what is the hardest part of your job? And um, I guess the biggest setback that you've had in your career? So, um, nothing's always 100% successful, especially when you're doing experiments, which you mm -hmm. understand sometimes you try your best, but the mm -hmm. experiment um, did not come out the way 
you should have been, right? Yes, yes. You're really depressed. I tried everything I could and mm. nothing worked. Mm -hmm. um, thing is, during the training, um, sometimes things don't go away don't go the way that you want it to go. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that if you believe um, in yourself and believe what you do um, are for a good cost and keep mm -hmm. getting at it. Yeah, you, definitely. You will get it, right? You will get it. Dedication so matters. That, yes, exactly. So I, I, it's like you, you've been trying and <laughs> you, you're doing a wonderful yes. job. Thank yes. you. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a, uh, my advice is that if you believe this is what you really want to do, I think mm -hmm. that you will keep trying and also be open-minded. And so that if another opportunities um, come in and you don't shut it off and consider it, maybe that might be a better option for you. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that um, will be my take on um, some kind of failures or mistakes yeah. in life. And mm -hmm. um, we learn from what we um, experience. So I yes, yes. Well, thank you for sharing your um, experience. Um, now just a more general question. Um, could you give us any advice on how undergrads can choose a certain field of research? I think that it's so... Um, many things you can consider because I think the UCLA uh, is really unique because yeah. the undergrad um, campus right next to the medical uh, center mm -hmm. yeah in rest of the country very few uh -huh. uh, school are like that I think this really broadened the opportunities that you you, you might have so mm -hmm. um, I come across um, many students um, for example you you contacted me and all the informations are on the website most of the information to say and yes, if you're yes. certain yeah area of research or certain area of the um, not just research like um, experience you want to have you always uh, search and see who is doing what and mm -hmm. um and if people want to know about um ophthalmology and there are many people faculties here and they their laboratory and they can um uh, talk to the faculty here and uh, or volunteer in the laboratory take classes like you uh, yeah. in the laboratory to get some experience and see whether this is for you and there, there's mm -hmm. sometimes they think that this is not for me because i didn't think that it, it was like that now yeah. you really have a uh, person i mean um first-hand experience and you then you decide whether this is for me really, yes I really yes it, right yes fit um, is very you, important mm -hmm. Right. Then you get an informed decision, right? You, mm -hmm. And same thing, if people want to have a psychiatry um, experience, they can always talk to some of the psychiatrists whether they can shadow them and see whether this is the what they envision that um, that's what it's like. And then we'll make um, uh, maybe uh, the students can make uh, a decision in terms of what they want to pursue mm -hmm. and, and the next step of their career um, sooner. So without spending a few years to realize that this is not for me, then you have to start all over again. So um, I think there are so many opportunities here that you just need yes. to be on um, a driving seat and proactive uh, to look for the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, what I did basically followed what you said. I pretty much um, looked up certain areas of research that piqued my interest and ophthalmology was one of them. So I looked through your publications and I was like, wow, um, this seems interesting. And I went from there. So 
any good. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely what we should do. Um, so now just a bigger transition. Can you tell us anything about eye care or ophthalmology healthcare inequities in the U.S.? So this is a very good question. I mm-hmm. think that we didn't realize that until the COVID hit, we kind of know that yes. there are disparities, yes. right? Yes. And um, the people who uh, don't have the uh, access to the routine cares, we know mm-hmm. that. But then when COVID hit, then these disparities become even larger, like yes. the gaps. Yes, widen healthcare disparities for sure. Exactly, definitely. And make us to rethink again, how can we um, make the accessibility of the eye care uh, more um, an equitable to, to everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's important to re- recognize these disparities um, mm-hmm. that exist first and then find out a solution for it. Um, like community outreach is incredibly important mm. uh, and um, Jewstein has the mobile eye clinic uh, oh yeah yes so these are all funded by um, donation and also Dr. Coleman who is the director of the mobile eye clinic and she secured funding from the LA County to uh, really um, increase the activity of the mobile eye clinic so this mobile eye clinic will have a bus and then screening so go to this inner city schools um elementary school to screen for the um, vision of the kids for free oh wow yes um this is wonderful opportunities for people who want to volunteer and then they will screen the kids and then for free and then if the kids fail the screening that means there's a problem there Um, and then they will recommend them to go to different clinics to be seen. There are um, free clinics and they just need to channel them to the appropriate, uh, you know, um, care center. So mm-hmm. at least they will feel the voice of, um, you know, some of this screening. Mm-hmm. So they can catch um, those kids who are uh, in need uh, for correcting the vision. Many times it's very easy to correct as a pair of glasses, then they can see better at school and can function or fare better at school. If they cannot see, I mean, they can learn, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the kids fail school because not because they're not smart enough. Because yeah, they for sure. See, right? So I think this is an incredible, um, great uh, effort from... Um, yeah, it's definitely a great effort. Right. And the other hand, of course, um, is uh, people who in a um, economically disadvantaged condition, yeah. same with those kids, they don't have enough insurance or they don't have um, these uh, financial uh, uh, support to seek care. And mm-hmm. I think that those will like, um, would be necessary to have enough help for them to obtain the basic care they need. Um, there's something that is a, a very large issue. Um, I think that the, the um, universal health care will address those um, questions, I mean, partially, but still some people still can't afford um, mm-hmm. the care. Even they have an insurance, they cannot afford, uh, uh, afford the eye drops or medications. And that is another um, area that um, lead to uh, this, the disparity of how much the, uh, of the health care, the eye care in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do think that we in general underestimate the importance of eye care. I mean, I wear 
um, contact lenses and I can't imagine life without them or glasses. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't be able to focus in school. I won't be able to read the board. Um, so definitely, um, trying to ameliorate these eye care inequities is, um, really important and can really make an impact on people's lives. Yes, definitely. I mean, we yeah. all I have wearing glasses now. I've got glasses. <laughs> I can recognize the face. And it's such a simple solution, isn't it? But then mm-hmm. it's create barriers. Right? It does. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and inequity and disparity of the access to to the care and the outcome, right? And mm-hmm. and I think this is so important to recognize it first and try to um, address this this disparity. Yes. And um, do you know of any policy or work currently being done um, beyond Jewelstein to ameliorate these issues? Or do you think this is something that we still need to put in more collective effort into? We definitely need a more collective effort. To yeah. I think that is such a, a, um, a issue that um, it, it is multifactorial, not mm-hmm. as uh, yes. economical, um, the medical uh, status of mm-hmm. income, but also the education for yes, those yes. folks, right? Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what they don't know, yeah. they will not be able to, to seek, seek help, care. right? Yes, not just yeah. the ability to afford, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of things um, that we need to do, a lot more effort we need to put in is um, not only uh, that uh, let them uh, education uh, and let them yeah. know the what are out there and what uh, the problems uh, could be for to make a diagnosis mm-hmm. uh, and then let them know that what are the options to uh, seek care in addition to whether there are the the options even there right There's yes yes expert of it um, I agree I think we need to do more mm-hmm. uh, about um, uh, even recognizing this inequity mm-hmm. and also the disparity yeah. um, in healthcare and uh, eye care um, before we can um, find a solution. Um, yes. Narrow this um, this gap, right? Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, well, that was a very interesting and engaging talk. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Dr. Dang. And um, if you'd like to check out more of Dr. Ding's work, you can find her publications linked to her profile in stemcell.ucla.edu and uclahealth.org. So long to our fellow Heme Sapiens. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Thank you, Ingrid. It was my pleasure. <laughs>